Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Alice Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today on the pod, Sonny Bonnell, the founder of Motto Branding Agency and new author of the book Rare Breed, which reveals why success doesn't come from fitting in, but by being who you truly are. It's an awesome conversation, really enlightening, and lots of actionable insights. Let's jump into it. Okay, yeah, it looks like we're good. Sunny, uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. You've uh, written a new book, which is sounds super exciting, but you've also have a really cool branding agency that had one of the best websites I've I've ever seen. And it looks like you do some amazing work there. So I'd love to just to get into the early days of the Sunny story. When did you start <laughs> to uh, become the person, you know, that, that, that you are today? Well, I dropped out of uh, college when I was um, in my early 20s to start Motto, which is the branding agency that you're talking about. And uh, I was early 20s. I was enrolled in vet school and I dropped out of college to to start a, a branding company to sort of flip the script on the way that uh, organizations and companies were not only defining purpose. That's what a motto is, is a, is a kind of a war cry. It's a battle cry. What are you, what are you fighting for? Uh, and I built the business around uh, helping companies and organizations define that war cry and give language to it, but also to rally people around that big idea and get people really excited about it. So Ashley, my co-founder and I started the company in our early twenties and began working with companies who were wanting to also flip the script. And that's sort of how we, we got our start. Really cool. Who was your first customer there? Like, how did you start to go evangelize that to businesses? Our first, well, we had a few different folks that were reaching out to us, but I think at the time, our very first client was a, was a sort of an ahead of the curve dentist who wanted to, the the very first thing that he said was, I, I want you to help me start my practice and brand my practice. And I don't want you to do anything like any of my competitors do. And, uh, it was really interesting because I think that the majority back then of, of dentistry, you know, I mean, you're seeing a lot of, uh, more dentists be a lot more cutting edge. Now you've got like floss and some really interesting brands out there, but back then, you know, everyone sort of had the same websites and the same services and, you know, there wasn't really anybody doing anything innovative. And, uh, part of his marching orders to us was not only did he want us to brand the space, but he wanted us to think about the, the experience that, um, his customers were having, you know, and so we thought about things like TV and, you know, back then Netflix wasn't a thing, but there was, there was things like, well, what if we put TVs in the, in the room, you know, when you're, when they're getting your teeth cleaned or, you know, whatever the situation might be. And so it was, it was just really interesting to have that kind of perspective, but also have a client who really wanted to think bigger than the industry was currently, um, setting the, setting the pace for. Yeah. Sonny, I mean, I don't, Cutting edge and, you know, dentistry aren't really two things that you (laughs) 
think go hand in hand, but it not, sounds- not in 2005, I can tell you that, you know, but now you're seeing a little bit more of it, uh, around, around, you know, if you, if you go into certain cities like New York city or even, you know, LA or, or different places like dentistry has taken a, a more modern turn, but you know, in 2005, that was not the case at all. So the fact that he wanted to, uh, change the market dynamics and to really think about ways that he could even brand his customer experience was, was very new thinking at that time. Yeah. Really cool. So then did that kind of lay the foundation for all the amazing, you know, customers that you eventually went to go work with and, you know, like you did this cutting edge work with a dentist now go do cutting edge work with, you know, other, other types of brands. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we 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 have disrupted every sort of stodgy industry from law to audiology to dentistry. Um, but now we work in more sort of D to C spaces, tech brands that are really pushing the envelope. Right. Super cool. And how did you meet uh, Ashley, your uh, your business partner? Yeah. So we met in a snowball fight in our early teens, and we've grown up together and went to college together and started Motto in our early twenties. So we've known each other a little over 25 years. Right. And how big is, is Motto now? Uh, we're averaging around 35 people, um, but that sometimes flexes up. So uh, we have a bit of a flex team as well. So depending on the scope and the project, we might flex up to 45 folks, but usually somewhere you know, right under between 30 and 50 is where we tend to play. Right. So last question around motto here, like what's a, you know, a, a current uh, customer or a recent customer that, you know, like the dentist, but you know, on the today side. Sure. Sure. So, um, in the last year we've worked with, uh, some really powerful brands. Um, one of them being Virgin. Um, so we're all familiar with Richard Branson and Virgin, but we worked on the Virgin Voyages, uh, new cruise line. We worked on a, a global marketplace called Andela. They were just valued at 1.5 billion and, uh, recognized as a unicorn, um, reaching billionaire status. So that was pretty powerful. Uh, and we've also worked in, we've worked with an, another, uh, lawyer of a UK female attorney who's flipping the script on how dispute cases are handled and changing the, the, the pathway for, for up and coming young lawyers. Yeah. So the, there's kind of some of the most, we've also worked with Brooklyn brewery, uh, on a new innovation product that they're working on. So we tend to, to play in a couple different verticals. Wow. Really cool. Sounds like amazing work and kind of along your journey. And this way, how, how long have you been, how long have you had motto for 17? We'll be celebrating our 17th year in business. Wow. This month. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, as any startup journey or working for a big company, a startup, whatever, like there's been a huge amount of learnings. And now it sounds like you've tried to like distill some of these um, learnings of, you know, the entrepreneurial journey into this book called Rare Breed, A Guide to Success for the Defiant, Dangerous and Different. Um, tell me about like the origin story of that. Yeah. So the book, we started with a curious question. What if you could take the parts of yourself that other people criticize, traits they call defiant, dangerous, and different, and turn those same counterintuitive traits that society deems are unacceptable um, into your superpowers, into your selling points. And the book is structured on seven uh, so-called vices that society tells us we should silence. And these traits are rebellious, audacious, obsessed, weird, uh, hot-blooded, hypnotic, and emotional. And these seven traits are often seen as uh, vices, you know, there are things to be silenced, things that you should not that, that, that wreak havoc um, in your in your career. 
And we have reframed those seven, same seven virtues into virtues, essentially, you know, or, or traits to be leveraged in your, in your work, in your career. And so once you start to begin to learn how to harness those virtues and begin to use them in your life and work, uh, you begin to realize that these forces, you know, if you, if you are ten, tending to be a rebel, if you tend to be an audacious thinker, if you tend to be obsessed, that a lot of these traits are things that are really strengths, you know, things that you can not only calibrate and begin to use as levers, but they really become the differentiators in your, in your, in the journey that you have. And Uh, how you become kind of a standout or a one of a kind or rare breed in your category is by leaning into one of those seven traits and making them uh, something that you are consciously working on every day to, to hone and refine. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, someone that's, you call weird, uh, you know, as soon as they're successful, then, you know, you call them eccentric. Right. Right. And, and, and usually it's said in a, in a negative way. I mean, most of the time, you know, we hear these, especially in the corporate world, when you, when you hear so, oh, she's, you know, so emotional. We say it in a way that's, that's negative. We say it as if it's a, 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 a trait that this person shouldn't have. Um, when in fact, people that have an emotional trait uh, or have an emotional EQ about themselves, like they do operate on a different frequency. And, and also they can be very powerful with that frequency. So, uh, you know, we, we, we go into companies and we help their teams take what we call, it's called the rare breed quiz, but it's a set of 28 questions that you can take and it will tell you which of the dominant traits are your main virtue. And you can begin to sort of learn about them and study it. And, and we talk a lot about like who in history has this trait and how they've used that trait. It's really, really fascinating. So if people want to take it, they can go to rarebreedquiz.com and take the quiz and, and really learn. Uh, which of the, which of those traits is their more primary? Yeah, uh, Sonny, I took the quiz and I uh, I got uh, audacious. How accurate do you think it is? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I liked the um, some of the uh, people that that that, that I compared to, and yeah, it seems like it's it's pretty accurate for my life. But I've always worked for big companies, and you know, a lot of that audacity like isn't really valued. Like, oh no, no, Alex, like come back to your Excel model. Like this is how, you, how you're going to, to do things. And I'm like, well, no, what if we, you know, did it like this way or that way? And so like, you know, I've always felt my most fulfilled and like authentic when I've been, you know, like doing some of these like more audacious type things that have been, you know, outside of the scope of a regular, you know, my regular job. Right. Like this podcast, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, audacity is, it's what moves the world forward. I mean, Elon Musk is probably notorious for this trait. Uh, you know, putting people on Mars, you know, creating a reusable rocket. I mean, these are, these are audacious visions, you know, that, that to the majority of the world are impossible and audacious people often make the impossible possible. And that's what we just really love the most about working with these traits and also working with teams and organizations on these traits so that they can leverage their team and excite their team in new ways and also tap into their true potential without, without limiting or harnessing what they're capable of. Right. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. It's, it's pretty cool. Like I, uh, yeah, things that society says aren't good, flip it on its head and say, no, lean into this, uh, lean into your authentic self, like what your really, your core passions and core strengths are not fitting into, you know, what everybody else says you should and can and be operating. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we don't, we don't hear our voice enough. And when, when we do, 
uh, and we begin to actually know that some of these traits are, are at work, we can, we can become more powerful. We can become more effective and also become a better teammate. Once we are a little bit more self-aware, you know, rather than allowing those things to be real vices, it's important to know how to navigate them so that you can in fact turn these things into a superpower. Well, yeah. I mean, you either control your past or your past controls you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So getting an understanding of some of your tendencies and they're not mutually exclusive, right? Like you can, I can be an audacious, emotional person. Like you can have a few of these. Absolutely. Okay. So people can take the quiz. Where did rare breed? Rarebreedquiz.com. Well, um, the, the main website is rarebreedleaders.com where you can uh, hire us for workshops and you know, sort of go into the world of rare breed and learn about the book and things of that nature. But also, uh, if you want to just go directly to the quiz, you can just go to rarebreedquiz.com. Right. That's super interesting. And so, you know, Sonny, I'll get you start wrapping up on the advice portion of the podcast, you know, for people that are early in their career, trying to carve out their place in the universe. Like, I don't know if it's the Ford, the confidence of dropping out of, you know, veterinary school to start your own branding <laughs> business. But like, what do you tell someone of like, you know, what they, uh, you know, inspiration from, from your journey that, that can maybe apply to them? Well, I think one of the very first things that I would tell people is you've got to own who you are, you know, not just the pretty parts, but you have to own who you are and, and not by way of becoming, you know, a toxic human, right. Where you're just sort of like lashing about and, and, and creating toxicity, but, but rather how do you use your powers for good and how do you sort of laser in on the areas that you believe are your strengths and begin to dial those up, not only to serve yourself, but for others, you know, how do you, how do you navigate the world when you were a little bit more self-aware of the, of those talents, right? Um, the second part of that is I think actually having a point of view. Most people don't have a point of view. They have the point of view of others, or perhaps even the voices from other people who've shaped their view of the world. And I think it takes a lot of courage to hear your own voice and to not only hear your own voice, but to actually begin to use your voice, you know, to, to start to make your path in the world and to, to share with others, what you believe in, what you're fighting for, what are you fighting against? And to have that point of view makes you a, a more, a better creative. It makes you a better talent. It makes you a better employee, a better teammate, because when you have points of view, you're able to sort of establish yourself in the world, you know, whereas if you sort of let the tail wag the dog, so to speak, you end up kind of just going wherever the wind blows. And then you have no, you have no sense of purpose. You have no sense of, of conviction. And it's, it's incredibly important to have that sense of conviction of like, what do you believe in? What are the things that, you know, you believe that is your, are your gifts and, and start to really champion those gifts so that you can be useful, you know, be a servant to, to other people, you know, be a servant leader, be a servant mentor, you know, to help give your gifts and share your gifts with, with others. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more, Sonny, as you go through the world, you know, people generally want to help you and advise you and help where they can, but you have to give them a framework to do that. You can't just say, I want to be in the Olympics. They'll have no idea, you know, well, <laughs> if, but if you said, no, I want to, I've already, you know, become my uh, an amazing yeah. ping pong player and I've like devoted my whole life to it. And they say, oh, you know what? I know a great ping pong player. Maybe I can introduce you, but like to giving them like, you know, a lens, a yeah, framework. Yeah, a reference point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So the more specific you can be, the better, but yeah, just you'll go through life very broad and you'll start to, you know, whittle down things you're good at and like, and you can, by having these experiences of times when you've felt more alive or like, you're, you know, operating from core principles, your authentic self say, Oh yeah, look, look what I was doing there. I was, you know, 
to be an entrepreneur. Maybe I want to. Well, and, and, and sometimes your journey is one of disparate parts coming together to form a whole, right? So, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned my story, right? So I was a, a bluegrass player. I started playing music when I was eight years old. I grew up in a musical family. I started to, uh, you know, I, I believed that my path would be one of being, you know, playing the Grand Old Opry and being a famous musician. And I made many strides towards that. But simultaneously, while I was doing that, I was, I was also moonlighting as a designer and going to vet school. And so, you know, I, I was a philosophy major. Like I did a lot. I tried a lot of different things because I had a lot of interest. And I think it's incredibly important to do that, to, to, to explore, to give yourself the forgiveness, to be curious, you know, and to say like, well, you know, how do I know I wouldn't love this if I didn't try, you know? And so I, and, and what I think you find is you start bringing lessons from all these different places that you've experienced and all the lessons that you've learned from your life and all the experiences that you've had. And they start to culminate in uh, really unique connective points, you know, where you begin to, to, um, to, to shape who you ultimately become. And so I, I think people really need to take life in big fistfuls, you know, just try to grab everything you can and as much knowledge as you can and listen from people and ask really, you know, lots of questions and, and just learn that, know that everybody has something to teach you. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's a great message. It sounds like a great way to go through life and it sounds like it's, it served you pretty well, Sunny. So this was a delightful conversation. I can't thank you enough for, uh, for coming on here and doing it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Thanks so much for listening today. If you like moving up, the best way you can support us is by telling your friends, helping us grow. Thanks.